You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 72. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 72. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. How are you holding up? I'm feeling excited today. Uh, my family and I have made some plans to shelter in a different place. So we have a friend's uh, cabin that has been empty and it's going to be empty. And so we get to go rent it and just get a different view and a change of scenery. And that sounds really lovely. And it's in a county where there are fewer cases. So that's just reassuring as well. I hope that you're doing well. But from all the moms I've been talking to lately... Things are a little edgy, a little emotional. So usually what I do in the podcast is I do a QA and a every other week. And then in between the Q&A calls with the Super Mom Kryptonite and the Power Boost and all that, then I will often do an interview or a little coaching session. Or today, it's just, I want to do give you a little pep talk, we'll call it. It's something that I'm seeing coming up on almost every coaching call that I have. So if it's this uniform, this widespread of an issue, I thought maybe we should do an episode on it, even though nobody's written in to ask about it. And this is all about needing a break from mothering. With this coronavirus quarantine and schools being closed and kids being home and not having lots of places to go and other people to see the tension and the emotions are running really high for moms. And it's so out of our normal routine that things we used to do to maybe feel better aren't in place anymore. Like maybe we used to listen to podcasts at the gym and now we can't go to the gym and we can't listen to podcasts because our kids are always talking to us and we don't get that downtime. And we used to have maybe built-in time where we would sit in our car while our kids played gymnastics and now that's closed. And so we're missing our normal breaks that we've kind of had built into our routine. At the same time, we are getting sick and tired of being with the same people over and over and over again, doing the same things. I mean, the moms I'm talking to, including myself, like if I have to cook one more meal, if somebody asks me what's for dinner one more time, like I'm going to explode. We're just done. It's time for a break. And the way you know it's time for a break is if you feel tired and often tired before noon, that's not a good sign. If you're tired when you wake up in the morning, if you're dragging through your days, if you feel cranky, if you are fuzzy brain and you can't feel like you can't focus, it's a sign you need a break. Uh, if you feel overwhelmed, busy, but bored, anxious, restless, annoyed, moody, emotional, unappreciated, rejected, any of those emotions, 
just feeling smothered or tired or anything like that, it could be a sign that you need a break. And it's very hard for us to notice when this is the problem. You know, I'll have my clients come to me and they just want me to fix it. Let's say they're struggling with screen time or something like that very common thing to struggle with (laughs) these days. And they're just fed up and annoyed with this whole screen time issue. And I can hear it in their voice that they just need to step away. They just need to get out of the house. But I can remember when it was me in that state, I did not know that that's what I needed. I really thought the problem was screen time. And if my kids would just obey and listen to me and do what I said, or if I could throw that Xbox out the window and never see it again, then all would be well. But sometimes it's easier for other people to see it. I mean, I can remember this one night. I don't know if my husband had just come home from work and it was an ordinary day, or if he'd come home from a business trip or what. But I can remember just being so frazzled and I'm cooking dinner and I've got the kids and they're trying to get their homework done and, you know, the dog's barking and the TV's on and I got food on the stove and my husband walks in the door and I'm just like, you know, you need to do this. You need to grab that quick. Help me out here. And I'm just spinning around in circles like a little Tasmanian devil, I guess, just the, the chicken with her head cut off. And he just takes me by the elbow and he walks me to the front door and he says, you need to leave this house. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I got food on the stove. I got to get the kids in the bath. You know, bedtime is already after eight and someone's waiting for me to call back. And he's like, here's your purse. Here's your car keys. Go take a break. And I fought it. You know, I was like, no, you don't understand. And he's just like, I got this. Goodbye. And probably because he had just had a break, whether it was he'd had coming back from a business trip or working, he'd been away and out of the house enough to notice that I was in this frenetic, frenzied state that I could not pull myself out of. And he sent me on my way and I got into the car and I'm arguing in my head and I'm venting and complaining and and then it just took me like an hour of just like, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know what to do. This isn't hopeful. (laughs) I just get a little grumpy. And finally, about an hour later, I was like, I dropped in. I got out of anxiety and this frenetic pace and I just went, oh. I see now (laughs) this is the problem is that I'm supposed to feel like this. And from this calm place, this relaxed, peaceful place from there, I can handle parenting dilemmas. I can negotiate screen time. I can have a sense of humor. I can use my creative brain. I could be playful when need be. But in the state I was in, nothing was going to fix it. So if you mamas are feeling tired, cranky, just like chronically cranky, you got a lot of mind clutter, like you can't think straight. You just feel tired and anxious. If you feel any of those things, if you're having hospital fantasies, moms, that is a sign that you need to take a break. So for those of you who don't have hospital fantasies, this is where you kind of secretly dream of having an 
illness that's not COVID-19, not anything that awful, just something long enough to hospitalize you for a couple of days where they need to keep their eye on you and bring you three meals a day and give you a remote control and come in and check on you and see if there's anything that you need and there's nothing that you have to do. If you are having those hospital fantasies, especially if you're having them during coronavirus pandemic, then goodness, you need a break. It's a sign that we're craving something bigger than ourselves to swoop in and rescue us. Like we don't think we can take a break on our own and we it needs to come from some sort of outside calamity and force. So I don't want you to wait for a catastrophe to happen in order for you to get a break from mothering. If you are tired, stressed, overwhelmed, confused, feeling lazy and inadequate, you need to take a break from mothering. So this is what I hear probably every day, <laughs> well, five days a week. Uh, the excuses I hear from moms on why they don't take breaks from their kids, even though they kind of consciously could see that that'd probably be a good idea and that it might benefit them. Uh, here's what they say at the top 10 reasons why they don't take a break. Number one, they need me. My kids need me to be around. Number two, it's my responsibility to stay. I can't duck out of my responsibilities. This is my job. I'm responsible for them, their well-being, their happiness, whether they eat, sleep, breathe, whatever. <laughs> Number three, I'm the only one that knows how to do things right. <laughs> I definitely had this thought <laughs> because it felt very true. But when you think you're the only one that knows how to do things the right way, it keeps you stuck. It keeps you from getting able to take a break and it keeps you from delegating and finding somebody else who can do things your way and the way you like them to be done. All right. So number one, they need me. Number two is my responsibility to stay. Uh, number three, I'm the only one that knows how to do it. Number four, they will be unhappy without me. Number five, they will be held to pay later. So this can show up as, well, if I take a break now, more work will pile up. If I'm happy and relaxed now, then like the other shoe will drop. It's this foreboding joy that I can't be happy now because I might not be happy later. <laughs> Something like that. Number six, I'm fine. I don't need a break. No, I'm good. I'm all right. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, deep down, it would be beneficial. It can kind of just shove it down and say, I'm fine. Number seven, a good mom would always be available to her children. A good mom should be there all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. A good mom wouldn't take breaks. A good mom wouldn't leave her children. A good mom is responsible and she keeps her eye on the kids all the time and is constantly available to them. Does that sound familiar to anybody? It certainly did to me. Uh, number eight, I don't know what to do with myself. So let's say you do take a break. Well, then what? What do I do when your whole life is built around your kids and making sure that they are staying safe and happy and they're doing their homework and doing what they're supposed to do? It can feel very uncomfortable to suddenly be by yourself and with yourself. Number nine, it's scary to leave them. 
if it's been a long time and you haven't taken a break from your kids and you're around them a lot, then leaving them can create some anxiety for you. So it's a natural thing if you're afraid of flying airplanes then you don't ride on airplanes, you try to avoid that activity. And so the fear of airplanes actually grows bigger. If you're afraid of leaving your kids, so then you don't leave them, then the fear of leaving them grows bigger. And number 10, I will take a break. No, that's a good idea. I want one as soon as someone else steps up, takes over. As soon as someone else can prove competency, then I'll take a break. Well, usually when we say this, we're referring to husbands and or children. If your children could just step up and take responsibility for themselves, then I can get a break. But clearly they are not. And my husband is not as capable as I would like him to be. And so I don't get to take a break. So this is just an excuse that we use to stay inside our comfort zone. And even when our comfort zone becomes very uncomfortable, So these beliefs sound convincing. They sound responsible and logical and just like good parenting. I would say a lot of people in our culture would resonate with these. You know, these are my people, these super moms. It was certainly me that I thought I was doing a good job being a good mom by not leaving my kids, by sacrificing myself, by sucking it up and just doing for them, working in service for my children. The problem is that when we believe these excuses of like, oh, they'll be unhappy without me, or I don't want them to suffer if I leave, or a good moment always stay around, when we believe them, we stay trapped. We ignore our higher self and its desires, and we push through, we ignore it, we get back to work, we put our nose to the grindstone, we suck it up, and we just grind through our day. And over time, this creates a prison that we don't even know we're in. This prison where we feel trapped and powerless to break free. We feel like we can't. We have to wait for some sort of medical calamity to take over us in order to get a break. We feel like we can't ask for help, that our kids aren't going to be okay without us. And even that we convince ourselves that we don't even need a break. Our loved ones can sometimes see these prison walls that we have created for ourselves and they don't understand why. Why can't we just walk out the door? Why can't we designate an hour a day for ourselves to just meditate and pray and write in our journals? Why can't we just make it happen? You want to exercise? Go do it. Like our loved ones who don't have a hard time with this they don't understand it to them. There's, They see the prison that we've put ourselves in, but they also see the door is open and we could just walk out. When we believe these thoughts that there'll be hell to pay later, work will pile up, they need me, it's my responsibility, I have to stay with them all the time. When we believe these thoughts, it keeps us from noticing these walls that we have built around ourselves. Brick by brick, thought by thought, Year by year, we use these excuses to stay stuck, overwhelmed, exhausted, without knowing how to break free. Believing that your job is to always be available to your kids and that they can't function without you, well, we could call it a God complex. 
A God complex is an unshakable belief characterized by consistently inflated feelings of personal ability. I'm the only one that knows how to do it. I'm the only one my kids need or want. Hello, we're talking about a God complex here. So inflated feelings of personal ability, privilege, like they need me, I need them, we need to be together all the time, like I'm the only one, or infallibility, that nobody else can do it right except for me. So watch out for the God complex that might creep its way in and saying, like, I am as good as God. When it comes to looking after my kids, I am the one all, be all, I need to be all things to all people. Keep your eye on it. It may be crossing over into an unhealthy addiction, an addiction to your kids needing you and being needed by them. And it's it's coming from a place of worry. It's a fearful place of like that, you know, they, they're not going to be okay on their own. And that I, I don't know who I am without them. And that I, I might be a bad mom. If I leave and something bad happens, like I'm not going to be able to forgive myself. It's all coming from a place of fear. And so it's hard for other people to understand. I get it because I've been there. But uh, worry, when we spend our time worrying, I'm like, yeah, but yeah, but I, they need me. I, I shouldn't leave and I should be around and available. Worry is trusting too much in your own power. Kids need to believe that they live in a safe world filled with many people in this world to depend on, that their mom is not the only person in the world that cares about them or that is available to them to help or keep them safe. They need to believe that other people can help them, but they also need to trust themselves. They need to be alone enough to solve their own problems, to make mistakes and develop resilience and resourcefulness. If you're always around and then they might, you know, you get anxiety when you leave them, but then your kid can get anxiety when they leave you. And we just want to make sure that everybody knows they can trust themselves and that there's other forces at work here. It's mom is not the only one. You're not carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. It might feel like that. (laughs) You're doing that mentally. It's my responsibility. And you have a lot of them and I get it, but there's always other forces at work. I mean, sometimes it's just random luck that we live in a very safe country in a very safe time where very few bad things happen to our children. Like physically, it's the safest time in history. Well, I don't know if it's for the coronavirus, but that might be putting a little ding in things, but kids are relatively safe right now. So when we are always available, we rob our kids of the opportunity to figure out life on their own and learn to trust themselves. Trust is the opposite of fear. So if you feel like you're worried, you have anxiety and you're in fear and like leaving them feels a little bit nerve wracking, then the flip side of that is trust. I trust myself to be able to exist without my kids. I trust my kids to be able to exist without me. So the first step in breaking free of this mental prison is to notice that you are in one. Notice where you get jealous or judgmental of other moms leaving their children. 
Notice when your brain complains, like, must be nice, spend the day on your own, doing whatever you want to be doing. Your higher self is trying to get your attention through your longings and desires and your jealousies. Ask yourself, what am I yearning for? And let your spirit answer with the thing you most need to restore balance. Because right now, mamas, a lot of you are out of balance. The second step is to ask yourself, when I think this thought, whatever it is, of those 10 excuses I read earlier, which one resonates the most with you? If all 10 resonate, girl, you need a break. (laughs) But if I think the thought, I have to be with my kids 24-7, notice how it feels. Notice that the heaviness that that thought creates for you, that's the feeling of being imprisoned. When you feel like you've got shackles around your ankles with a thought like they need me or I can't just leave them, if it feels like shackles around your ankles, that is a sign that you are in a mental prison. So ask yourself, what has this belief cost me? What are the consequences of this belief? Okay, maybe my kids are physically safe. I didn't have to worry about, you know, anybody else, I don't know, giving them a food they're allergic to or doing something that I inappropriate with them. So maybe they've stayed physically safe. That's the positive consequences of this thought. But what are the negative consequences of this imprisoning belief and feeling like I have to do all the work around here? I can't take a break. They need me. I'm obligated to that. Whatever it is, notice how it feels and ask yourself, what has been the cost of thinking this way for myself? What have I missed out on? What have I not been doing because I've been chained to my children? (laughs) So the first step is recognizing that you're in a mental prison. Second step is asking yourself, when I believe these thoughts, how do I feel and what has it cost me? What has been the negative consequence of it? The third step is to question your beliefs. So take the top 10 excuses listed above that keep you from taking time for yourself and time away from the kids and turn them around to the opposite. So number one, instead of they need me, think the thought, I need me. And tell me how that might be true. How could it possibly be true that you need you, that your kids don't need you? And really try to find some evidence to prove the contradictory thought true. They don't need me. I can leave for five minutes. Look, I walked the dog for 15 minutes and nothing bad happened. I need me. I need my attention. I need to fill up my cup. Maybe it's more true that I need me than that they need me. Number two, it's my responsibility to leave. Instead of it's my responsibility to stay here with the kids, what if it's your responsibility to leave? What if that's the most responsible thing to do is to give your kids an opportunity to experience life without you for a couple of hours? (laughs) Or a couple of days. Maybe it's irresponsible to stay and teach them that you're the only one that cares about them. 
Maybe that's irresponsible. You know, we're, we're talking about an extreme. You know, there's so many of us good moms. We want to be with our kids all the time and be the responsible one and do everything right and never leave them because we don't want to be the opposite. We don't want to be one of those moms that just takes off and leaves and never comes back. And that's what happens to a lot of us is that's where we pick up these beliefs. So if you had a mom that just <laughs> sucked it up, she tolerated, 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 and then finally just exploded and just took off and never came back. Well, then heck, you got abandoned in a park for sure. You're going to pick up the belief a good mom doesn't leave her children, but then you go to the other opposite end of the spectrum and you say, I never get to leave. And what happens is you make sure you recreate the same pattern of tensions building and pressure and pressure and pressure so that I think a lot of moms fear that like if they do leave that they'll never come back because the pressure is mounting so much but if you take little breaks here and there and you know once a week and every day you get a little time to yourself and you get a a full weekend a month to yourself then the pressure is never going to build to the point of you doing anything dramatic and dramatically just abandoning your children Some of my clients have these thoughts if their parents were depressed or addicted to alcohol or drugs. So maybe they were physically present, but mentally and emotionally they were absent. And so they think, I need to always be available. I always need to be around. I always need to be engaged. I always need to listen to every word my kids say. I have to respond. I have to be an active parent. And they kind of go to like the opposite end of the extreme. And so my clients are these super moms who feel like they've got to do everything right and they've got to be around and available all the time. And just notice that it's fearful parenting. It's not coming from a place of trust, trusting that the world that you live in is going to be safe, trusting yourself, trusting your kids, trusting other people. It's all coming from fear. And usually when we take actions from fear, they don't lead us to the most productive actions that are good for us and our lives. Okay, so we're taking our thoughts and we're turning them around to the opposite. We switched, they need me, the kids need me, to I need me, and they don't need me. We switched, it's my responsibility to stay, to it's my responsibility to leave. (laughs) That maybe it's a little irresponsible of me to stay with them all day, every day. Number three, I'm the only one who knows how to do things wrong. Sometimes you just play around with the sentence of like, I'm the only one who knows how to do things right. It's just switching into, I'm the only one that just knows how to do things wrong. Sometimes we can kind of laugh at that. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm the only one that does like things wrong, my version of it, right? That I'm sure I'm doing things wrong and that the things that I am doing wrong, somebody else might not do wrong. And of course, this is, there is no right or wrong. This is all based on a false premise anyways, but that maybe I'm not the only one who knows how to take care of my children. Maybe I'm not the only one who knows how to do things, quote unquote, right. Maybe there's a lot of people out there that would love to spend time with my children, and I'm being quite selfish by keeping them all to myself. Number four, instead of they will be unhappy without me, switch it to I will be unhappy without me. That if I live my life for my children and I ignore myself, my wants, my needs, my desires, my passions, my creativity, 
that I might be unhappy without me and my attention being in the center of my life. You could also switch it around to the sentence, they will be happy without me, which very often they will because we're not talking, we're talking about happiness in the long term. Like, yeah, they might cry and cling to your legs when you try to leave to go for a walk or something like that or take a break. They might, no, I love you, please stay. And they might not act happy. But in the long run, if they think that I need my mom's presence in order to feel safe and happy, that that could create anxiety and depression. And so maybe they will be happy without me in the long term because they will learn to trust themselves and believe that they're fine. Number five, there will be hell to pay later. You can switch it to there will be joy to pay later. That if I take a break... Joy might happen, might happen for me, might happen for them. Something good might happen in my absence. Instead of things will be harder later if I take a break now, maybe things will be easier later because you'll be refreshed and renewed and you'll be able to handle things from a better mindset. Number six, oh, I'm not, I'm fine. I, I don't need a break. Let's turn that around to I'm not fine. And I do need a break. And maybe life is meant for more than just being fine anyways. Maybe fine isn't fine. Maybe I need to feel passionate, excited, alive, present with my children when I return. You'll be amazed if you take a whole day to yourself and then you come back to with your kids. It's so much easier to be present with them and to feel grateful for them, and to be excited to see them. Give it a try. See for yourself. Number seven, a good mom should always be around. Let's turn that around. A good mom should not always be around. If I was a good mom, I would strategically create periods of absence. I believe this to the core of my being, that kids, all kids, benefit from knowing that there is life without mom. Number eight, I don't know what to do with myself. If I do take a break, what do I do? Well, what if we turn that around to, I don't know what to do without myself. When I'm not connected to me and what I want and what I yearn for and what I desire, then that's when I don't know what to do. Without myself, I don't know what to do. But as soon as I get myself back, I will know what to do with myself. Number nine, it's scary to leave them. It increases my anxiety. The turnaround for that is it's scary not to leave them. To need to be with your kids so much in order to feel safe, that's a little unnerving, right? You should be free. We are meant to be free, to do whatever we want to do whenever we feel like doing it, to take breaks from each other, from our families, to live life perfectly well on our own. We're meant to be free. Yes, of course, we need other people in our life, but we also need to know that we can be fine and healthy and sane when safe without them. So number 10, I will take a break as soon as somebody else steps up. 
you switch that to, I will take a break as soon as I step up. As soon as I can step out of the weeds (laughs) and get out of the house, just to get my brain back, just to be able to think clearly, then I will take a break. I will strategically plan. I will put it on my calendar. I will make it happen. But I will take a break as soon as I step up to the plate. So mommies, if you are still listening to this, I am going to guess that you are in this camp of having a difficult time leaving your kids. So I want to ask you a question. What percentage of your daily activities come from obligation? Think about it for a minute. If you are spending more than 50% of your day caring for others, doing for others, doing things you have to do, need to do, should do, you are in a prison and it is time to take a break and rebalance things. So think about it like this. What is the difference between solitary confinement in a prison and a silent retreat at a monastery? Both of them, you get three meals a day. Both of them, you get a bed to sleep on. Both give you peace and quiet. What's the difference? One is a punishment. The other is a reward. The only difference is freedom. Freedom to choosing to be there. So when you put yourself in this mental prison of I can't leave my kids... Like I said, it's so hard because we don't even know we're doing it to ourselves. But your sign is your emotions. If your emotions are depleted and grumpy and cranky and emotional, and it's hard to think clearly, that's the sign. So take a break and then you'd like a full day off. I'm not talking about like an hour or going for a walk. I'm saying like a weekend. Take a full break. And then see how you feel when you come back. If you still feel the same, then you'll know. You'll have some information like, okay, maybe I need some antidepressants or something. If you feel better, rejuvenated, like your cup overfloweth with energy and love and joy and you're excited to see your kids and you miss them, then you have a sign. We want to go on silent retreat, not solitary confinement. And the way to do that is to set yourself free from these beliefs that I cannot leave them and start getting creative. Start thinking about fun things that you can do away from your kids, things that are just for you. I had a client tell me, that she dreams about, like she would just love walking down the aisles of Whole Foods and looking at vegan cheeses. <laughs> like, do that, please. Like your kids will thank you. Like if that sounds super fun to you, like it's not much just perusing Costco. Like sometimes we're so done with our families that it doesn't take much to like rebalance the system, you know? I used to do, oh, my favorite thing was like, I would walk around bookstores, which are closed now, but I'd get a cup of coffee and I'd walk around a bookstore and just peruse and just like notice where I was naturally gravitate towards. Like, what was I in the mood for today? Did I find myself in the travel section? Did I find myself in the 
I don't know, pet section, like fiction, self-help, like where did I end up? It was always so interesting to see what I was gravitating towards and just holding the warm mug in my hand. It just felt delicious to me. And, but it was hard for me to do things like that. Like I really remember, I remember the first day I went to a day spa it was, I remember I was still pumping. So I it was like nine months old and I was really, my anxiety was through the roof. And so I go to this full day spa and I'm, <laughs> it was an expensive one and I'm cheap enough to want to like get my money's worth. And so I milked it, right? Like I got there as earliest as I could in the morning and stayed latest at night because I was kind of paying just like the day pass to be there and hang out there. And so that was helpful. Investing some money in yourself, paying for this break can be very helpful. If you're like me, (laughs) some people pay for like online classes and never take them. But for me, I'm always, you know, make sure I follow through. So I go to this day spa and I'm trying to settle in. I'm trying to relax and trying to relax is quite different than actual relaxation. And I remember my husband called me like halfway through the day and I'm pumping in the bathroom or whatever, the locker room of the spa. And he calls me, he's like, so are you relaxed? Is it wonderful? And I'm just like, no, I'm not relaxed (laughs) yet. I was so crumpy. I was mad at him for like, I just, I wasn't there yet. I was mad at him for interrupting me. I was mad at myself for not being relaxed after like it'd been like four hours or something. But it did work. By the end of the day, I had finally settled in to myself, like reconnected with my (laughs) peaceful part of me. (laughs) And so by the time I went home, I was fine. But it was interesting to notice how I was like four hours later, I still wasn't ready. Luckily, my husband was super good about pushing me out the door because I really needed someone to push me. If your husband is not pushing you out the door, then use this. This podcast is your push. This is me pushing you out the door. You need to take a break. So after that, it got easier. Like I would do another break. I would go away with my girlfriends for a weekend, like once a year, but it was always so wonderful. Like I always felt so much better when I got home that I started like for when you're, I remember for Christmas, I was like, what do I want for Christmas? I don't really want anything. The only thing I could think of was two nights by myself in a hotel room. <laughs> Actually, I started with one night. I got a night in a hotel room by myself and it was heaven just to watch whatever TV shows I wanted to watch and eat when I wanted, what I wanted. Oh my gosh. Just to be able to listen to my own voice inside my own head was fantastic. And so that one night led into two nights, but you know, I still felt funny. Just like, I can't just take a nine in a hotel. Like I just felt like that was too indulgent. I was, you know, not raised to do that. It's hard work or it's nothing. And everything has to be super hard. And so I told myself, okay, well, I was going to work. I was going to work on uh, my business or I was going to work on like just putting pictures in an album, or I'm going to go check in a hotel room and do my taxes. And I started finding like other excuses to check in a hotel. My husband did not care, but I 
needed it for myself. I'm like, oh no, it's, it's worth it. I'll, it's, I mean, you know, getting some peace and quiet so that I can focus and concentrate. And eventually it led into admitting that I just needed the break for my own leisure and my own mental and emotional well-being. And I didn't feel ashamed. And I could just tell people like, yeah, I'm taking two nights in a hotel room by myself just for the heck of it because mama needs a break. And it took me a long time to get there. So I totally understand. When I say understand, I really get it. It reminds me of this Mary Oliver poem. The first lines of it say, it's the wild geese poem. She says, you do not need to be good. You do not need to walk for miles on your knees through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. My body, the soft animal of my body loved solitude. I needed to be away. I'm an extrovert. It didn't make sense logically why I need to be by myself, but I'm just, I, now I've learned to accept that that's just my personality. When somebody else is in the room, I can't help but tune into them. My husband can be surrounded by people and he can ignore them all. <laughs> Believe me, he doesn't hear a word I'm saying when I'm talking to him. He can be in zone and I just don't have the ability to do that. I'm very aware of other people's feelings, of what's going on in other people's lives. And I'm always looking for opportunities to uplift and serve and help. And it's a trap. It's a prison that nice people get stuck in. <laughs> so I suggest that you pick a day this week and just disappear. I used to call it my do nothing day. Get in your car and go for a drive. Explore a new area. Maybe visit a friend who lives far away if you if you want to feel like you want to be social. For me, I needed the solitude. Get takeout, like have a picnic lunch by yourself or with your favorite author. Listen to an audiobook. Talk on the phone to your best friend from college. If you get lonely by yourself, go for a hike. Just take a day to yourself. If you're feeling brave, take two nights in a hotel room by yourself. If hotels are opened up yet, in some places they are. Go to a county where there's very few coronavirus cases and check into a hotel for two nights by yourself. The prices are really low right now. <laughs> Tell your family that you are going to be out of cell range. Turn off your phone. Be gone. Be gone for eight hours. Be gone for a day, a weekend. Let your kids miss you. Let your husband appreciate your absence. Let you like relish in what it feels like to be with yourself on your own, listening to your own voice, following your inner muse. You know, nobody asks us, mom, what do you want to do today? Mom, what do you feel like eating for breakfast? We forget to ask ourselves those questions. So when you're forced, when you're in a hotel room for two nights, it's magical because you get the full day in between where you are alone with yourself and the whole day is yours. So you get to create it the way you want to create it. You get to eat when you're hungry. You get to move when you feel like moving. <laughs> you get to sit when you feel like sitting. It's so important. It helps us reconnect with ourselves, with the essence of who we are. It makes us return to our kids feeling present, feeling grateful. 
Let your kids learn to rely on themselves and discover their own resourcefulness and that other people are there to help them and that mom is not the only one who can be there to help them to fulfill their needs. So maybe I've convinced you, maybe your logical brain is on board, but taking action that feels a little scary, taking that next step, telling your family that you're going to be gone for a day and you don't know where you're going. (laughs) I kind of like that. You know, sometimes we just want to have some privacy, even just them knowing where we are feels delicious. So say, I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm just going to go somewhere. Maybe you want to do that, but it feels a little nerve wracking. Some moms kind of get addicted to being needed and they feel anxious when they take time to fill up their own cup. If they do something just for themselves, it might feel a little indulgent. It's going to trigger your feelings of unworthiness because we're always still like, well, I haven't done enough. I'm not, I haven't worked hard enough. My kids aren't perfect yet. How can I leave? I can't end the job until my kids are perfect. So if that gets you stuck, Try these workarounds, okay? Schedule a short doctor's appointment, but grab a bite to eat first by yourself or a book and or take a long walk afterwards. So like take an appointment that is important, like a medical appointment, and then extend it, make it longer. Offer to house sit for a friend. That way you feel like you're helping her out instead of being always available to help your kids. Now you're helping somebody else. Tell your family that your friend isn't doing well and that you need to check in on her. That maybe, because let me be honest, there's a lot of mamas out there that mentally are not doing well and they need some six feet of social distancing, socializing to feel sane again. So you can be totally honest and say, my friend isn't doing well. I'm going to go visit with her from six feet apart and we're both going to fill up our tanks. And maybe that friend happens to live two hours away. (laughs) You have to drive to see her. Here's another workaround. Create a secret project. It could be something creative, something that you're doing for your family or for your parents or maybe for like your kid's birthday. So maybe it's like, I don't know, you're putting together a photo album or you're making something crafty, but you have to be alone in order to do it because it's a surprise or because you have to focus and you can't be distracted or interrupted. So maybe you have a secret project that needs to be done in private. (laughs) Try getting a job or starting a business that requires time for you to focus on yourself. So I know someone that has always just had this fantasy of she wants to go into Target at the end of the day when after they close and just put everything back on the shelves, (laughs) organize all of the things with nobody talking to her and take it from messy state to a clean state. So that is her higher self getting her attention and like telling her like, this would be so great is just to clean up some clutter with being all alone and nobody talking to me. And it's that just getting into that other part of your brain, getting out of that busy mind clutter. So you could get a job like that for you actually get paid for it. And then you feel okay doing it because someone's paying you to do it or starting a business where you've got to have time to focus. And you say, well, I'm working. Uh, like I used to, I used to go to hotel rooms and work on oh, little video projects and things. And I would take coaching calls, but you know, it was small part of the day. 
And then the rest of the day was mine to, to use. So if we earn money doing it, it kind of tricks your brain into giving you the time and space that you need. So mamas, I hope that you have taken some inspiration and you are ready to go take a break in some capacity. If you need to start off small with a little baby step, then start small. But if you really want to give this a try, take two nights away and just see how you feel. See if you don't feel like a saner, better version of yourself. I mean, think about an employee. If you were hiring, you're interviewing an employee for a job. Would you ever hire someone who says like, I will never take a break. I will not take a day off that I will be here every day without fail, 12 to 15 hours a day. I won't take care of my health. I won't exercise. I won't see my family. I will just devote all, everything I have. Every ounce of energy will come to this business. I mean, you'd be a little creeped out by that, <laughs> especially if you're hiring to be like, be the nanny of your children. Like, I will give anything I have. I will never take my eyes off them for a second. You probably wouldn't hire that nanny. So I want you to, to really think about what is the future that you want to create for yourself? How do you want to feel? Because if this is new for you and you're not used to taking time off by yourself, then it's going to feel a little scary. It's going to be uncomfortable just because it's new and different. You're going to feel the discomfort, feel the fear, feel the uncertainty and do it anyways, because your other path is very uncomfortable too. It just means you're cranky, you're irritable, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're annoyed. That's uncomfortable as well. So both paths are uncomfortable. You might as well take the path, the new, different, unfamiliar path that might be a little bit scary just because it's different, but that it's going to give you the results you want, which is a happy, balanced mommy who feels appreciated by her family. It's hard to feel appreciated when you never go away <laughs> and appreciates them too. And is can, can come back and be the best version of herself back inside this house. All right, mamas, you take care. Thanks for listening. And I would love it if you would post on the Facebook group. I want you to send me a picture from your time off, your break that you took. Send me a photo and show me that you are doing it. We need some peer pressure and to support each other. So thanks for listening. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.